When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply would start to experience derealization, which is like, I don't know what's real. I don't know what memories are real or not. Who am, like, what? And it's like a very bizarre feeling. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Visit betterhelp.com slash Padilla because sometimes existing is exhausting. Anyway. Hello, Caroline Clydonis. Yes, nailed it. Not Clydonis. Very close to clitoris. Yeah. I, mean, that, I don't want. I don't want to have so many censored words at the beginning of this video already. Oh my god, so many beeps. How would you describe your content? Mostly TV and film trope mm. parodies. Like I pick out popular tropes we see in TV shows and movies. But then sometimes I do some, and I'm just like, I don't even know if this is a parody. I think it's just a scene I want to do. Do you always act with just yourself? Do you have any time no. when you're acting with anyone else? No, I never have. You I mean, in my in my like TikTok and Instagram. Literally never. every single thing is acting with yourself. Just myself. But I think the reason why it's just me is because I started like like a lot of creators like during quarantine. So it was just mm. me like in my apartment and mm. I just wanted to like try to pull off, I don't know, just some of like my favorite things that I'd seen in TV and film. Your video called Scientists Having a Breakthrough yeah. in a sci-fi movie. Yeah, I know the one. <laughs> it's so good because if I just heard that playing in the background, I would just assume it was a real sci-fi movie. Yes, because the characters are never in on the parody. Yeah. Like, they don't know. Like, it's high stakes to them. It's life and death. You yeah, know what you're, I mean? you're never stopping to, like, get a laugh. They're never... No. They're never even laughing with each other, really, unless it's like a... Unless they're flirting, yeah. Unless we're edging. Yeah. <laughs> they, you're, you edge yourself a lot. <laughs> I edge myself. Yeah. I know. I yeah. mean, come on. You started just acting with yourself because it was quarantine. Yeah. But in a sense, I feel like limitations actually lead to more creative growth in mm -hmm. a weird way. Because mm -hmm. if you had access to act with anyone in the world that you wanted at the time, you probably would have. And then you wouldn't have built this entire world that's become your brand. I mean, I've I've been acting for 15 years, right? Like I've done theater with mm. like full cast and like I've done, you know, some smaller film projects. Like it's not like I've, I've never acted with anyone ever. But like mm. I agree that like that limitation and like just um, using whatever I had in my apartment, like it did allow me to just discover kind of like a new something I would have never attempted. And so I think it was like this medium of like, I was able to just create, like have an idea, put it out the next day. And mm. it's like, I'm completing the creative cycle. And it's like, that is so, um, you kind of like rarely get to actually complete it in like an acting career. Like, yeah, for personal reasons, it reminds me of the early days of YouTube yes. when it was, it was so scrappy. There was no, but there, you couldn't even make money on it. You mm. literally just like whatever you had was all that you had to work with. Something about your stuff just feels so much like it's just this, this like pent up expression that you just can't help but put out there. I think the scrappiness is part of the magic. And then if you reach a point where the production quality, like is there a point where the production quality almost is in, 
is creates dissonance between that and the medium. It is just that kind of like, I'll use whatever I have. Like, I just have this idea and like, can I make it work? Mm -hmm. And uh, you'd be surprised what you can make work. When did you first realize that you liked acting? I went out for on a whim in the spring of like sophomore year. I was doing like track and field and I hated it. And, uh -huh. you know, I had to have an extracurricular thing like every season. And I was like, what if I go out for the play and audition for it? And I was like, Just the audition was enough to? Yes, just the audition. I was like, this is incredible. You know what it is? You can't get an A. You can't get it mm. if there is no final, you got this right. It's so hard and it's so different every time and you can't win it. You can't win it, Art. Mm. Like the biggest thing about acting is like, you have to be willing to fail. I mean, you know, when you're like, we talk about it's like, you have to do like 30 takes before you get something good. And so that it's like failure then became part of the process. And there was like tremendous acceptance for myself in that rather than just like, you know, failure isn't an option. You know, if you fail, you're worthless. Did your life unfold? differently than you imagine? Oh my God, yes. What did you imagine your life would be like? Oh my God, I thought I'd have an Oscar by the time I was like 24. <laughs> my whole self-worth was like, what achievement can I bring home like a dog with a bone in its mouth? Mm. You know what I mean? And like, as soon as I got out of an academic institution and like moved here, I was just like, sorry, where's the A that I'm supposed to earn? I don't, mm. I don't know what to do. And I had no sense of self-worth without that. Like, I think it's a little bit tinges of that kind of like cultural millennial dream of like, we worked so hard to give you everything. You can be anything. The world is your oyster. Mm. And it's like, cool, yeah. But also like, I think sometimes the double edge of that is like the tremendous pressure of like, oh my God, if I'm not great, Right. Like, I'm a failure. And I've so you move to LA and you immediately <laughs> see success and you blow up and you get everything you ever wanted. Yes. And then that, that was it. And then and you then, begged me to be on the show. I know. And I was like, hey, I'm you so with your, the three Oscars, <laughs> I think it's about time. Yeah. I was like, fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Then I got out of here and I was like, <laughs> it was such a, it was, so, oh my God, my 20s were such a wake up call. I don't know how your 20s were, but like mine were just. Oh yeah, lots of wake up calls. Yeah. I auditioned for a little bit, then I, I took a break and like I was, you know, I was working survival jobs. I was valeting cars. I was nannying for a valeting long time. Valeting for Jack Black. I was, my first valet job was Jack Black's house. <laughs> God, terrifying. Just like throw it like parallel parking, like Bentleys and like a Rolls Royce, like 21 years old, uh -huh. just like. Was it just nine years of? Struggling? Was it struggling? No, no, no. I wouldn't say that. I mean, it's like I got out here and I quickly realized that the kind of way that I had learned to work the system in an academic institution was not going to fly when you're trying to pursue a creative career. Like it was like that can't be my compass anymore. It's not just like put in the time, get A's. No, it's like, I mean, for a creative career, there's like, there's like 20 options you can try and then none of them are a guarantee that it's going to get you to the next rung. You know mm. what I mean? There's no like ladder to climb, really. It's just kind of like, you could take improv classes. You could maybe end up with a commercial agent and start working commercially. You could, you know, uh, do theater. And it's like, which one do I pursue? And none of them have a guarantee. Like, mm -hmm. oh, where do I go? Everyone told me when I first started doing YouTube that the yeah. goal was traditional media, uh -huh. that... I was wasting my time, putting all my energy into like it's. It, you're gonna use YouTube as a, a launch pad to get to TV and movies because that's where the money's at. You gotta be famous. You gotta be a star. It just never felt right yeah. to me though because I was like, okay, so I'm going to dedicate so much time to just do things that other people 
want me to do? Yeah. And, you know, interestingly, I see, you know, you've, you've started to create your own stuff on TikTok and create all these own, your own characters and create the roles that you always wanted to play and, and create the scenes that you always wanted to play in. Yeah. And in a sense, because you've transitioned to doing everything independently, you've been able to fulfill all those things that many people say that you should want from traditional media, but you're able to create it on your own terms. Yeah, it's like, I feel like there's this thing to like take every creative pursuit that you're doing and to like treat it as like, oh, but this is just a strategic move to get you to that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why does it have to, why can't it just be valuable for what it is? We're not taught to trust ourselves. No, that's true. At all. No. And to be an art, like to create, that's the number, you have to trust your creative ideas, right? Which, mm -hmm. which is like trust in yourself. Did you start to find your footing on TikTok when you made the Rune series? No, I was already like had several, I had like some Hallmark series before mm -hmm. that, that had like blown up. You had you some know. bangers? I had some bangers. Yeah. Rune is where I really exposed myself in terms of like the parody really started to drop away. Like mm. it was just like, it became its own thing. And are you a big sci-fi fantasy person? Um, no. Okay. a little bit. Oh, you I've are? seen them. I've seen them. Okay, so here's the truth. Okay. I'm not the biggest fan, but I've seen them. Seen seen them what? I've seen sci-fi. <laughs> Just them? I've seen I've seen sci-fi. I've seen fantasy. I've seen sci-fi fantasy. Okay, but the, so the trope is the trope. Yeah. Is like one of them is wounded. Yeah. And they like don't really they've been like ugh. They don't like each other, but they've had to go on a quest together to save the realm. Yeah. And one of them's wounded, and one of them's like, <laughs> one of them's like, stop, I'll, ugh. just, and they're like, so I'm fine. And they're like, yeah. uh, no, let me. And they're like, down, down. And then the touch is almost gonna happen. They're like, ugh. <laughs> and there's like, edging, but wounds. Yes. And then they're touching though. And then they look. But they have to, because it's healing. Because, it, but it's just to heal. Yeah. But then that look happens and you're like, yeah. ooh, they want to. Ooh, they caught eyes. Yes. So it's basically creating sexual tension. Yeah. And you do that with yourself pretty well. I do, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. I'm just staring at a wall. Do you practice in a mirror? No. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so odd to like look at myself in the mirror and be like, hey. Like, no. I got a mirror right there. Let's see, create sexual tension. See okay. if you can do okay. it. Let's okay. see it. So it'll be like. I'll let you know when I feel it. Okay. Looks like we're gonna have to repair that knee right there. <laughs> you got a torn ACL as well. <laughs> I love they're like sports therapists. I think we <laughs> You took a really hard hit on the field. Knocked you right in the noggin. Okay, now dial back a little bit. Mm -hmm. dial, now dial it back. Like just talk to the person like you're okay. like it's like someone you're in love with. Do I know them well? Mm, yeah, you've gotten close. You've shared okay. one, you've had one vulnerable talk. Ever? Yeah. So it looks like you have a torn demiscus and uh, you need someone to repair it. I'm here to repair it for you. Stop, I, I'm fine. I can, I'm hyper independent, I don't need you. Maybe just a little help will set you up on the right path. <laughs> I felt a little bit, there was a crackle. It was, it was a little, I think that was, I think that was verging on the lines of really bad porno. <laughs> You find that way to, to walk that line perfectly. I'll walk it hard, baby. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> so you started seeing a lot of success uh, immediately on TikTok? No, no, no. But it really started to take off when I did the the movie parodies. I did like an alt-teens coming-of-age movie 
three-part series. Mm. That was the first one that it was like, went viral and... Was expressing yourself in that way enough for you to feel completely satisfied? Life was good, no more stress, no more anxiety. No. It didn't solve all your problems? No. <laughs> also during that time, I was diagnosed with OCD um, because I started to like, it became really apparent. I didn't know this at the time, but I was being exposed to a lot of my OCD triggers. And so my OCD was like through the roof and I didn't know I had it. My subtypes of OCD are, I have um, moral scrupulosity OCD and uh, false memory OCD. And that's moral scrupulosity is where you constantly analyze every single thing that you do or have done or will do mm -hmm. to see if it lines up with being your image of what a perfect person is yeah like a good a morally good person morally good yeah person. and then false memory being that you get afraid that maybe you did or experienced something i remember things incorrectly that like something maybe something happened and i don't remember it that i did like i did something awful and i don't remember uh, so that still plays into the first one it does like they're pretty similar but it just like i'd never experienced like it was to the point where i was like having panic attacks you know and like not understanding why because like most of my um, compulsions are mental, which are like, can be harder to recognize, like mental rumination, like seeking reassurance, um, checking your memories. Those are all like forms of mental compulsions. Mm -hmm. I didn't know I was performing those. And the whole thing with OCD is like, the more you, you have an intrusive thought, it makes you uneasy and anxious because they're egotistonic and they go against what you believe in. Then you perform a compulsion to try and relieve yourself from that anxiety, but it's never enough and you have to do it again and again and again and, and again. And what kind of compulsion would you perform? Like I would be triggered by seeing a news story or something and it would make me think of a memory and then I would be like from 10 years ago and I'd be uh -huh. like, did I hurt that person in that in that interaction? Like, let me relive the memory. And then OCD is like, are you sure you remembered it? What about that one part? Did you have a drink right before then? Because maybe that inhibited your memory. Are you sure you're remembering? Why don't you text them? You haven't talked to them in 15 years and ask them how they remember it. Like, right. Well, then your thoughts become louder than anything in the real world. Yes. And so then you get in this hole and I would start to experience derealization, which is like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's real. I don't know what memories are real or not. Who am like? what and it's like a very bizarre feeling i don't know if you've ever experienced that i i had a period of four years where i was experiencing derealization all the time oh my god panic attacks yeah all the time and the panic was because of the derealization yes and it was this feeling that i wasn't real that the world that nothing that i saw was real that my sense my senses almost shut off in a weird way where things i could i could have my hand touching my legs and i couldn't feel yes. my hands touching my legs, and it made me feel even more disconnected from reality. It was an initial spark of fear that something wasn't right, that something wasn't gonna go well. And then that feeling, that lack of control, made me feel like I needed to internally get a hold of that. Yeah. And then, so then I was making my thoughts even louder to deal with the other thoughts, and then it was louder, louder, louder on the inside. And basically I had no connection with reality. Yeah. It was all just my, my thoughts inside. It's a very bizarre feeling. I guess like the last three years it started I started to have the those like regular episodes. Mm. And, and that was after your life started to kind of pan out in a way that many would say this is the, the, the perfect kind of path for you. It wasn't tied to like the pressure of that at all. I think it's just that like I didn't re know that I had triggers for OCD. What kind of triggers would, would pop up? Things like seeing a a video of someone 
like having said something and then everyone like kind of piling on being like here's why that was bad to say and like mm. this person is a bad person because they said this and like everyone's response videos like seeing that mm. was a big trigger for me because then it, the OCD thought is like have I ever said or done something like that mm. mm -hmm. let me check every video I've ever posted let me go through my memories let me you know which is an impossible yeah ask and you can never get that certainty you know but it was all to try and like prevent this outcome which is like oh people would think that i'm an awful person you know so getting some popularity online actually had it came with came with the side effects of the idea that anything that you have said or done is like completely out of your hands now. yeah as wild as like what if you uh said some awful like you know horrible offensive thing in a video and you just don't remember it it's like almost like a hyper vigilance can like take over of like replaying every thing and trying to interpret it through every lens and like ultimately you just can't you can't control how everyone's going to interpret everything and it's like, mm -hmm. or how they're going to interpret you. Quick fact, this episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and also helps you lower your bills all in one place. A good example, actually, I just found out that the gym membership that I opened up down the street does not automatically cancel after the trial is up. It's been eight years. And apparently I'm not alone. Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions, but it's actually closer to 200. Rocket Money shows you all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels anything you don't want for you. It can even find subscriptions that you didn't know you were paying for. Like, yes, I did just find out that I was being double charged for Spotify, don't judge me. So stop throwing away your money, cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. That's rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. And I will say this only once more ever. Rocketmoney.com slash Padilla. Now, back to the world of Caroline Cladellis. The moment that you stopped chasing the idea of becoming exactly what you thought you should be. Yeah. And you started just kind of going toward what felt right for you to creatively express yourself is ironically when you started <laughs> experiencing a lot of the you know factors of success that you were kind of chasing before that yeah now you even get to do it full time yeah you just started doing it full time is this the praise part can i praise you now yeah yes. yeah it's so hard for me to take praise i'm trying i'm trying to get through this part you changed my life man what the hell we you gave me an incredible gift press like ali you yeah, yeah. mallory ali uh can I say that you frequent TikTok, Allie? She's a TikTok frequenter. She <laughs> saw your content and brought it to me and was like, hey, the, uh, this Caroline Clydonis is doing such <laughs> interesting things, you know, playing all these characters and putting together these stories. It's kind of bordering the line of parody and it's, but it's so genuine and sincere. And when she brought it to me, I, I was, I remember checking it out and just being like, this feels so old school in the terms of I can almost feel through watching your stuff that there's this just like this creative energy, this self-expression that just needed to be out there. Yeah. And that's exactly the way that I felt when I first started creating content as well. And so we reached out to you and we wanted to 
support you in a way to to give you some resources to give you some guidance to allow you to be able to take this passion of yours and turn it into something that you're able to put all of your time into because you were working other jobs like yeah. you were it was just like a, a fleeting thing where i could tell your passion was in it but you didn't have all your time in it so our hope was to give you the opportunity to be able to put all of your time and energy into it and see how that unfolded i was at a crossroads where i was like if this doesn't come into alignment with my with as a source of income the time i was putting into it it was becoming unsustainable. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really sure what to do about that. And, uh, you know, I met with a, I was like, okay, well maybe I should like some managers had reached out and like, maybe if I have like a manager to help me get more sponsored posts that could help, mm -hmm. you know? And I just didn't feel right. And they were telling me, you know, we're going to get you, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just sitting there and like my body is just like, Oh, this doesn't feel right. It's like, I know I should want this, but it's like something about this feels like they don't see my creative heart in it. And like, I need the people to see that. And then my friend connected me to Kevin, my manager. He was like, you know, Anthony Padilla and like Prezalik. And I had, I'm, I had never heard of you, but only because I, I, was, I was not a YouTube kid. Like, but my- You were too busy getting straight A's. Yeah, I didn't have time. <laughs> so I hadn't heard of you. And I was worried because again, I'm like, I don't know, like, is this going to be someone who I... A predatory deal, <laughs> let's go. Right? Like, Make us some money <laughs> off you and then we're going to throw you in the trash when we're done. Right? Or like, even like, I don't know what content you made. Like, what if yeah. it was like shit that I didn't agree with, yeah. you know? Um, prank videos. I don't want to be pranked, okay? Mm. Please don't prank me. The truth is, this has been a long con. No. And this is a prank channel. You're on camera there, and there, and there, and there. Yeah. There's a mic? Yeah. Oh God, I don't want to play into your derealization. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so then, and then I had a meeting with Ali first, and I was like, came away from that meeting, it was like, I was at my boyfriend's house. And he was like, how was it? And I was like, Someone literally just said to me, like, is it cool if we just, like, help you do your dream? Like, just basically support you to, like, do the, the thing you want to do. And it's just, like, what's the catch? I kept being, like, what's the catch? And they're, like, there was none. Then I met with you. And, like, I've said earlier, is like, I really felt like you saw me. You saw the creative heart in what I do. Like, yes, there's silly videos and it's levity and like, who cares? But like you, the fact that you're like, oh, I watch them and I can see that you like, just want to like, that was like, not only did I have someone being like, oh, let me generously support you. But like, also I see you mm. and to feel understood was like, I mean, I was just like jackpot. Like what, the, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but like, holy shit. Oh my God, even just having a, somewhere other than my tiny apartment mm. to shoot in. I call it like, it feels like finally like separation of church and state. Like, yeah. like I was ripping apart my place, to like film a video and then like editing it and could have, so it's just like, there's like space. It feels like there's support. It feels, you know, but um, I remember that like this just this past December was like the first month that I was like only doing that. And I felt like I was, I felt like I kept like someone was gonna like knock on my door and be like, what are you doing? Like, get to work because mm. I'd never been able to just only focus on that. I felt like I was doing something wrong, mm. you know? And it was like, it was like, no, like that. This is what you do. It's mm. really wild and cool.
our goal is to do the things with you that I wish that a company would have done with me to yeah. provide me with, yeah. you know, full autonomy, but still, you know, still having support because I felt like I was already able to do all the things that I was already doing. Yeah. I didn't need a company breathing down my neck and checking everything. I just didn't have the resources. Yeah. And, you know, taking off that, that burden uh, and worry that comes with having to work other jobs, it allows you to just focus on your creativity and expressing yourself. Yes. So how has that changed the work? You know, I think in a big way, it like forced me, not forced, but like I had to like fully take ownership of what I was doing. I think that there was a safety and like, this is just a fun little thing I do on the side. Like, cause then if it failed, like then it was safe to be like, like it's whatever. not too serious. Yeah, I didn't, whatever. I actually didn't care about that <laughs> stupid thing anyway. <laughs> right. Stupid. It's just something I did on the side, like yeah. who cares? And now it's like, I fully stand behind it. It's like, I'm doing this. And that feels scarier, of course, like the fear voices, they yammer on all the time and they're like, what if you fail? It's like, okay, we'll be fine. And, um, but there, but there is something cool in that if that is like taking ownership of it in, in a way is like, no, I know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I love this. I'm good at it. Like what? It's okay. Like, it's okay to just like love something and like, get better at it and like put something into it and like fully stand behind it and to like believe that there are people that like also want to stand behind it. Like that is like a huge, I think like having that reflected in my reality to me of like, no, people want to support this is like so um, incredible. I'm meeting a new creative edge, which is really fun. That was the other thing. I was bored making just TikToks. Um, I was getting bored. Now you're creating longer form. Yes, content. which is a huge challenge. Like yeah. big, even just like getting down. Cause like I can know how to get like a 60 second. I can trim the fat for a 60 second video. Mm. Like I know. Mm. And now with YouTube, it's like, mm, okay. When do I want to let this breathe? When is it dragging? There's almost more options now. Yes. Or there are more options. There, now. There's too many options yes. in every way. So like yeah. my own kind of like uh, navigation system for that, I've had to kind of like recalibrate and explore um, and try new things. And that is so gratifying to me to work in. During those times when you were struggling because you were trying to appease this idea of what you should be achieving in your with your accolades and your success and then you know eventually finding a little bit and then having your OCD kind of go haywire and just all these stressful things in your life that have kind of constantly been in some ways one after the other if you were to go back and be that support that you needed in those times how mm. do you think that you would have support yourself or what do you think you would have said to yourself to put yourself at ease to know that the future is going to be okay um i would have just told her to keep uh trusting herself like her creative that creative voice and that it's not something to be embarrassed by you know i think a lot of people are embarrassed to be seen trying and like fully committing to something and um you know it's like have to <laughs> like if you want to make something like you got to just commit and like you'll never regret 
committing. You know what I mean? But you can, I don't know. I think. Unless it's marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Few people have regretted that. I've heard. Unless it's children are divorced. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think just to keep, just to keep going and to keep trusting. Like she, she just needed to know to not be embarrassed by them and that like, if you feel proud of them, then like that's the only marker you need, you know? My first video was like with my What? <laughs> was not me using my vibrators, but oh. me like I did a skit with my vibrators. <laughs> you, uh, you you did a skit with your vibrators? Multiple okay. vibrators? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we kind of more than one. Right, yeah. You have um, one for every occasion. I did like a thing where like my vibrators <laughs> were like we were like looking at each other and like, yeah. I was creating sexual tension with my vibrators. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was before you were the vibrator. Yeah, right. Okay. And then I eventually fired them and yeah. took their place. But mm. I snapped, deleted it in like an hour. But that was my first TikTok. You so. posted it and deleted it in an hour? Yeah, because it was like my first one and I was like, what is that? How many views? Oh my God, probably like two. Oh, nice. One was you. One was me. And one was a person that had to bleach their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> They're still recovering to this day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>